You're listening to Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Barksdale. Hey, everybody, it's Jack Barksdale here. Welcome to another episode of Jack Barksdale's Roots Revival. Today, I'm here again with my mama, Clara Barksdale. Hello. And today, we're going to be talking about the blues. I think my mom is kind of going to be interviewing me some for this one. So, uh, yeah, you want to start it off, Mama? Yeah, I'm going to take over and interview you about the blues because I've always liked the blues and enjoyed the blues, but I didn't know a lot about it. I didn't know a lot about blues music. And so really, even though you're the kid and I'm the parent, uh, you kind of taught me about the blues. So <laughs> first off. I would say, how did you find the blues? Well, I guess, well, there's many, many different versions of the blues. And there's many stories about how I found those different kinds of blues. Right. But I guess how I found, like, the old blues. Which I feel like is your favorite. Yeah would be from Nirvana because they, my dad, your husband. (laughs) I know him, yes. Yeah. He's a neutral friend. He is a mutual friend, a mutual acquaintance. Yeah. So he's a big Nirvana fan. And we were listening to the their live unplugged album. Yeah, the MTV MTV Unplugged. MTV Unplugged. Yeah. They do this the song that Lead Belly is known for doing called Where'd You Sleep Last Night or In the Pines right. or Black Girl. There's a lot of names for it. Right. So then I went and they talk about Lead Belly a little bit. So I went back and I listened to Lead Belly's version of the song. And that's how I found Lead Belly. And uh, you know how Spotify has like the fans also listen to. Right. Like related artists. Yeah. Related like artists. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's how I found a lot of people. Through Lead Belly. Right. And through Spotify, which through Spotify, I, yeah. I know there's a lot of controversy over Spotify and things like that. Um, but it's been a really great tool for you about learning about artists, I find, because it does have their biographies and it does have related artists and things like that. So when you're new to a genre of music, it lets you really explore that genre, which is yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I found a lot through Lead Belly and through Spotify. And then, let's see. Howlin' Wolf was a big one for me. It was a really big influence on me. And trying to think of how I found Howling Wolf. Well, I was going to say, I remember you finding Lead Belly watching YouTube videos of Lead, Be- of Lead Belly. Yeah, it was. It wasn't really YouTube videos. It was just uh, videos on YouTube. Yeah, of uh, Lead Belly music. Yeah, and uh, there's only actually uh, one uh, video of Lead Belly. Well, I guess it would technically be three videos. It's him doing three different songs, and uh, one of them I think is in color. Oh wow, it's pretty cool. I I have watched that. Kind of back to what I was saying about Howlin' Wolf. I'm pretty sure I found Howlin' Wolf through Smokestack Lightning. 
Yes. That was the first one I remember you really yeah. talking well, to me I about Howl and I Wolf. Found, I actually think I actually found a Howl and Wolf through, again, that related artist thing right. on Spotify. Yes. And uh, and then I heard Smokestack Lightning. I'm like, I've heard that before. And so I started listening to more and more Howl and Wolf. Yes. You went through a pretty in-depth and lengthy yeah. Howl and Wolf phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not as big as my Johnny Cash phase. Well, nothing's been as big as your Johnny Cash phase, let's <laughs> be honest. But but the blues has been probably close to that. Yes. You went deep and heavy into the blues. Mm-hmm. And part of that was we went to Clarksdale. Yes. On I, family vacation. Yes. I, I found a lot of a lot of music through Robert Johnson too, yes. through that related artist thing right. again. And, uh, cause everyone talks about Robert Johnson. So yes. it's kind of more of a known, he's more of a known person in music that isn't always as well known. And, uh, so I found a lot. But the, but the idea of Robert Johnson is probably one of the most known things. The idea of yeah. selling your soul to the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so it the legend goes that he went down, that Robert Johnson went down to the crossroads, handed, ro- handed the devil his guitar, and uh, the devil tuned it, and said, uh, "Do you want it back? Because if you have it back, then I will have your soul." So he got his guitar back, and he became an amazing guitar player. That's how the legend goes. Right, and. Uh, the other legend goes is uh, that he sold that Crossroads is in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Yes, which there's, is there's a couple, there's lots of uh, different variations of that story, but those, right. but the fact that he went down the Crossroads, handed his guitar to the devil, and the devil handed it back to him. Right. Is and it was in Clarksdale. Those are probably the two most told. Right, but and part of all of that is. What I love about the blues and what was really interesting as the parent and you kind of teaching me about the blues (laughs) was how much of the blues is folklore and handed down its stories and its songs that don't necessarily have an author Mm -hmm, or a writer attached to them. But there are folk songs that everyone's heard and has their own variation of. And, you know, a lot of blues songs have several different names to them. Yes. Because they went by different names. They might have never been written down. They were just Uh word of mouth and people heard them and uh, adapted them to their own way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is one of those fascinating and... It's part of the blues that that's magic that just pulls yeah. you in is is that part of it that it's a it's a living breathing form of art. Yeah. Yeah, I agree and uh like for instance, where did you sleep last night? Yes. Now that isn't particularly particularly <laughs> a very uh blues bluesy song lead belly was a a lot more of a folk singer i agree but he was uh a lot of the times with a lot of the blues artists and so then 
was kind of put into that that uh, category. Category, which also could have been because he was black, right? Uh, but he was more of a, uh, and he did play some blues, and he played like slide. And uh, he was a really good blues musician, but he was more of a folk singer. Right. And, uh, like, he hung around with Pete Seeger and, uh, well, Pete Seeger a little later in his life. Right. Uh, but, uh, and Woody Guthrie. And, yeah. And uh, more of that folk influence. Yeah. But, uh, for instance, where did you sleep last night? Uh, I'm not really sure that there was any one writer to that. Because the way that I remember it, it was mostly just a line or a couple lines of a song. And uh, then someone took that and added on to it. And then another person took that and they added on to it. And then another person took that and added on to it. And that kept going. That became the song. Uh, and, and then through that, different variations came and uh, different... Uh, names and uh right styles uh but eventually it became this song where'd you sleep last night or in the pines or black girl whatever you want to call it and uh yeah so you don't like it when i try to nail you down on favorites or best (laughs) more best than favorites you will sometimes acknowledge favorites more than best Mm -hmm. so who are some of your favorite blues artists? It well, and we should say, I would say this is a, a caveat. You tend to like twenties and thirties blues. Would yes. that be accurate? Uh-huh. Like pre World War Two blues. Mm-hmm. And then uh I do like a a lot of the blues from the forties, but uh what I listen to the most and what I most consistently like a lot is blues music from the 20s and 30s. So give me some names, some songs. Uh, Blind Boy Fuller, uh, Rag Mama Rag. Uh, that's the name of his song that I really like. And Would you I, say that's your favorite blues song? Favorite? Maybe. At, at, at this moment. Okay. And... Uh, well, maybe not, because I also really like Mississippi Sheiks. Yes. And uh, they're one of my favorites. And uh, their song, Sitting on Top of the World. I love that Which, song. Uh, again, that song was that idea and that song and that melody has kind of been floating there for a while. But uh, they're really the first ones to do it, Sitting on Top of the World, and uh, record it. Right. And that's when you found... Through um, the Delta Blues Museum, right? Is that is that uh, accurate? Uh, I found the Mississippi Sheiks through there. Okay, but right. I found, I mean, sitting on the top of the world, that's pretty much just a classic blues song, and actually just kind of a classic song in general. Right. Like I found that I I I had heard it by a lot of people, by uh, like in movies and in different places. I, I just never remember you talking about the Mississippi Sheiks before we went to the Delta Blues Museum yes, in Clarksdale. I, uh, yeah, and that Delta Blues Museum in Clarksdale is where I learned a lot of new people, and which is also why I would say 
Robert Johnson led me to a lot of my favorite blues people because uh, knowing about Robert Johnson led us to Clarksdale, which then we went to the the Blues Museum. And uh, so then I found a lot of people through that. And at the end, and the little gift shop, I got these this little box of cards uh, with different blues people and like their bio on the back. And it was kind of like trading cards. Right. But it was for old blues people. I think it was called like Heroes of the Blues. Uh, some along those lines. That's how I always remember that drive home from Clarksdale <laughs> was you reading those cards out loud to us from the back seat and playing the song and then playing, playing the accompanying songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So I found the Mississippi Sheiks through that. I found Bo Carter, who was in the Mississippi Sheiks. Right. Which uh, then Bo Carter led me to. Uh, ragtime because uh not that he he plays kind of like a ragtimey blues but it's not ragtime uh it's more bluesy but uh he plays a lot of his guitar where in the beginning he'll go up to the top of his neck and play something really high and then go down to the bottom of the neck and then play his song and so then I tried something like that and I kept adding on to it, and eventually it became this little ragtime riff, and I wrote a song to it uh, called Isn't It Crazy? And uh, so I wrote this ragtime song, and that kind of got me digging back into the ragtime more than uh, because I learned about ragtime through those little trading cards. Right. Uh, because uh, William Moore as one of the the people there that were on those cards. And uh, he has this song, Ragtime Millionaire, which was kind of the first time that I had heard the term ragtime. And, uh, and usually ragtime is, you think of ragtime, you think of ragtime piano. Right, that's how I had always kind of thought of it. But, uh, like, the old blues players, they would always play ragtime guitar. And it's the coolest sound uh, because you're kind of mimicking a piano, which is awesome. And it sounds really cool. It's very upbeat. Yeah, it's very... Even if the lyrics are not. It's very upbeat. Yeah. The music part of it is very upbeat. Yeah, ragtime is... it's, uh, It's dancing music, and it's very fun. And, uh, yeah, so that's where I kind of learned the term ragtime. And William Moore did a lot of ragtime stuff. So uh, I learned about ragtime through those cards. And after that, I after I learned those ragtime, uh, I taught myself those ragtime licks. I wanted to dig more into ragtime. And so I found Blind Boy Fuller. Rag Mama Rag, and uh, that's what I've been listening to for a while. But I found a bunch of a bunch of people like that that are just really good ragtime and blues players. And I've also found that we have discovered some people through uh, Sirius XM Bluesville. Yeah, 
that they'll pop up some one that we've never heard of and we'll go back. Elmore James is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might have mentioned him to me before he was popping up on Bluesville when we would be in the car listening to that. But I fell in love with his sound just because they would play him on the radio, which is very cool. And this, yeah, like a contemporary radio, that's where I'm finding Elmore James. But yeah, that's pretty that's cool. one that I really enjoy. Who are some more? Give me some more names. Well, okay, let's see. There's a couple of cool ladies that we like. Yes, uh, Memphis Many. She is a. Uh, She's a really good blues guitar player and singer. And uh, she, uh, well, probably the song that uh, she's most famous for, not for her doing it, but for someone covering it later, is uh, When the Levee Breaks. Right. And uh, Led, Zeppelin, Led, <laughs> Led, Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin did that song, and uh, it became a hit. Right. And... Uh, so that's probably how she's most known, but she's really good, and she did a lot of duets with, I think, her second and third husband. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I think her second husband was uh, Kansas Joe McCoy. And uh, her third husband, I can't remember his name, but you could probably find it just by looking mem- looking up Memphis Many Duets. And uh, you'll probably find his name. I remember it was hard to pronounce. <laughs> okay. And uh, I also yeah. Memphis Mini enjoy Memphis Mini. Awesome. Also, uh, Big Mama Thornton. Big Mama Thornton. Yeah, she's got a big voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there's uh, there's of course Sister Rosetta Tharp. Yes. Which I hadn't really known a lot about sister rosetta tharp except for hearing her name a couple times but then i was looking at youtube videos with my dad one time we were at a hotel somewhere and i i sat next to him in his bed and he was on his computer looking at youtube videos and there was a sister rosetta tharp uh, documentary video on there and so i said hey dad i want to watch that and so we watched that and she's awesome yes that she kind of blew my mind when you showed me those videos yeah she's she was like the she was uh one of those first people that had she played acoustic blues, but she right. also played a lot of really cool electric blues and was uh, one of those people like Muddy Waters where uh, they played kind of like rock and roll music early on. Right. Yeah. It was, and uh, she was a hardcore Christian lady. And uh, but it was so cool how. uh those songs that she was playing were kind of like the the bases for rock and roll rock later and roll. on. Yeah. Which uh, people always say this, that Blues had a baby and its name was rock and roll. Right. Uh, but yeah, Sister Rosetta Tharp is amazing. Yeah. 
So I know that we're planning already to do another blues podcast mm-hmm. where we list off your essential blues people. And I believe you have an extensive corresponding playlist that will go with that. Oh, yes. I, I made that playlist on my own. Yes. But uh, I'm just going to put gonna that with Roll it. that into the podcast. But uh, it's several hours long. What is one more thing that you could tell me about the blues in this one before we get on to just really talking about, I guess, as your mom mm-hmm. and as a non-musician, mm-hmm. the blues is kind of, you, you've been studying the blues for like three years now. And, and I will say that's that's longer than your Johnny Cash phase was. And I, I know you still like Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Um, you and still it, love Johnny Cash. And even then, that's just one person. This is true. <laughs> but there's something about the blues that I feel like always pulls you back. What is it about the blues that you just love? Well, it's... And this is actually part that I really like about like the early blues music is a uh, it's just so carefree and fun, even if it's sad, right? You can tell that they're and there's always those like serious people, and uh, but I just feel like. Blues is one of the best ways to express yourself, whether in music or in lyrics. Right. And uh, it's one of those kinds of music where no matter what song it is, what melody it is, what the words are, it just gives you this emotion that uh, you can't find many other places you feel it you feel it much more than you feel any than you feel a lot of other music and it's authentic uh, it's very authentic but also one of the reasons why it's authentic is because it's passed down it's not original which is crazy because it feels so genuine and yeah. true and if, personal if, and yet it's universal. Yeah. If if you were I feel like if you were doing the, the same things that they were doing, just having a good time taking melodies and writing your own song to it uh, taking little parts of other people's songs adding it to your song, adding their the parts of their songs to your song uh, all this all these changes you'd probably get a copyright now right probably get a lawsuit (laughs) yes but then it was there was a collaborative feel to it yeah or collabs were a thing yeah but uh it was just so much more fun and uh not not fun but uh 
It just made you feel it a little bit. Relatable. It's yes, exactly. It's more relatable, and it's that's just one of the things that I really love about blues and the blues. So uh, I think we've probably gone long enough. I probably, especially since we're already planning another blues podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like most of these, I could you and I could probably keep talking for hours. We might. Yeah, uh, we should do another podcast after the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It should just be called After the Podcast. After the Podcast. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think we'll be continuing this conversation soon, hopefully. And uh, well, thank you to everyone who's who's listening. And uh, again, this is Jack Barksdale's Root Revival. And... uh, I believe this is sponsored by Rocket Music Gear. And uh, Rocket Music Gear is awesome. They have, they make uh, great guitar straps and all sorts of cool stuff. Haley's amazing. Yeah, Haley's really, she's a really, really cool person. And uh, yeah, so thank you all for listening. Uh, hope to see you next time. <laughs>